0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is
1: Sedona Talk Radio. Hello everyone, this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein again with the Above and Beyond show, and today I feel we are going to touch on that quite a lot. I have a guest with me. And I would like to welcome my dear friend, Joan Roth. Are you there, Joan? Yes, I'm here. Hello, Helena. Hello, world. Hello, world. This is great because we are truly speaking to the world. And I'm always so surprised that I get emails from places where I've never been, like Pakistan and Sudan and, you know, Turkey and so on. And they are listening to us right now, which is so nice to know. And uh, you have several projects. I have advertised you as a healer, Joan, which I'm also, of course, but we work very, very differently. You work with uh, uh, face readings, and we're going to touch on that in a little while. But first I would like to speak about the United Nations. And I've been active with the United Nations myself, and I've been speaking there several times. And I belong to one of those little groups, or groups, I would say, called Project Harmony that is working for spiritual uh, awakening and is working for peace in the world. And you are also doing exactly the same thing. You're working with United Nations. You have a project that you have set up, and uh, you will tell me about this in a little bit. But people are so shocked when I say that, oh, United Nations is now going a spiritual direction, and they cannot quite believe it. But this goes way back, and for my Scandinavian listeners, you all know, of course, or you remember the name Dag Hammarskjöld, who was Secretary General for the United Nations. And do you know this name, Joan?
0: Oh, yes. My friends at the UN speak of him so highly.
1: Yes, and he was very special, and he had... This, uh, he said that unless there is a spiritual renaissance in the world, there will be no peace, and how true that is. And, of course, he was killed in a, in a plane uh, crash. His plane was shot down when it flew over the Congo in Africa many years ago. I think this was back in the 50s, mm-hmm. and uh, they found his attache case, and uh, there he had... Uh, Uh, his his spiritual diary called Markings. And this was absolutely sensational, what kind of plans he had and about his spiritual self. And uh, also he traveled with the New Testament and Psalms also in in his uh, attaché case. And he did so always. He was a very special person. Of course, he was Swedish. (laughs) So uh, uh, there we go. And now, Joan, tell us about your project that I got so excited about when I heard about it. Well,
0: the project came about because the UN is going through a great transition right now, and uh, I had been attending the uh, conferences for years and sitting in on workshops and think tanks and um, always hearing a plea from all of the people from all over the world, can you please do something? something more than just bringing money for a short period of time, setting up and giving us hope, and then uh, leaving and leaving us in a worse condition now that we've seen what the future could bring and the benefits that you had to offer us, and then now they're taken away. And it leaves our children very frustrated and angry and skeptical of, of being helped. And, yeah, and this um, is,
1: of course, what many people feel about the UN that we are not doing anything. And I kind of stood up once and said, What have you been doing since I spoke here last? <laughs> what has happened? You know, what improvements have you made in getting out there and promoting spirituality?
0: Yes, and they want something that's consistent, something that's lasting, something that, you know, they can take and make their own.
1: And yes, and want so, to change the world, he'll think.
0: Yes, and so the concept that I came up with uh, is something that I believe is giving people back control um, over being able to help themselves and being able to help the people in their country, and it all comes from our hearts. Yeah. And and uh, so I created this project called the tent. T-E-N-T, and it's a place where people can go and uh, be inspired and enlightened and share like-minded feelings and Mm -hmm. help to heal the world. And so the concept of, of putting this together is to go in a team wherever it is that people are in crisis and need help, whether it's a hometown somewhere, or whether it's in another country, and setting up an environment that's transformational. That means when you go in this sacred place of healing and love and transformation, that you are
1: forever changed. And what you're saying, you are going to build tents, actual tents, under somebody else's roof, like uh, you know, whatever it could be, in a museum or it could be at the Grand Central Station or <laughs> so. It could be anywhere. I mean, station. we yeah. we
0: were even talking about doing it at the UN while
1: mm-hmm. they're That's doing
0: um, while they were doing remodeling, or but it's found out there's a lot of asbestos in there, and there won't be any kind of temporary um, places being created.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you know at the UN at the, uh, of course you've seen it, they have a prayer poll in the lobby of the UN in New York where Mm -hmm. people can put in their, you know, wishes for their personal prayers. And that the praying poll they have in different countries in the world as well. And uh, they have it at the World Bank in uh, Washington, D.C. Are you there? Oh, yes. Someone's trying to call me. Let me get rid of the call. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you cannot, um, unless yeah. there's someone who wants to mix in our conversation. So, hello. Are you there, Joan? So, what I was saying is that we have those praying polls I'm in checking various on. places in, uh, in New York, and people can just make requests for various prayers for peace in the world. So this is, in a way, of course, following on that track, I would say. So, uh, okay, Joan, I'm sorry. To that sorry about to that.
0: I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, the, the part of the UN going through this transition is that um, when I've been in the meetings, I'm hearing that the heads of the UN really want all of us, the NGOs, anyone who's involved to really be representatives and go out in the world and and create a UN in the hearts of people. Yeah. And instead of everyone depending on coming to New York and only doing their work there, really going out and and bringing it to the world because the UN has to change right now and has to be rebuilt and so each one of us who is a part of that needs to find a new way to relate to the world. And so to me, the tent is the perfect vehicle for doing that, whether it's set up inside or outside of the UN, whether it's in any of our hometowns, whether it's going out into the world. The tent will be wherever it needs to be to give the loving support
1: that people need in the world. Yeah, It's so beautiful. And... It will create also the way I feel it, a wonderful uh, awareness of spirituality. And uh, I believe you're going to Paris now with this project right away? Yes. When yes, is this happening? Um,
0: the, the World Conference is going to be in Paris, and uh, it is for children's rights. And I think this is the perfect opportunity to set up a tent and bring children from all over the world uh, into the tent to talk about the changes that that are happening in the world. Now we're living in a new age, and I, I'm going to talk about Prophecy 2012, something that everybody is, talking about and not
1: sure they know what it means. That's yes, true. We're going to go into that, and I know many people are waiting to hear about this. <laughs> right. So, um, right. so uh, this will be... Oh,
0: I'm sorry, Helena.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it, it's just that as I have those questions myself in seminars and people, they, they raise their hands and say, what is your feeling about uh, 2012? And, of course, I have feelings about that one time, but we're going to hear about your feelings in a little while. But I'd like you to mention a little bit more about your projects and how people can maybe support you in this. I know we will need to finance it, don't we?
0: Yes, we need finance for it. We're going to set up a tent that is a, an amazing environment with a waterfall and uh, something that really represents the beauty of the earth inside so that when you walk in, you see symbols um, of ancient traditions. You There will be special screens that um, are like fabric that will be floating, that will be telling stories, projected stories of people um, from different cultures who are all talking about the, this special time on earth and the meaning it has in their culture and symbolically for the world. And as I've been researching um the prophecies, um, I'm finding that the people who have them all have different beliefs spiritual about their spirituality and what will happen to us. And I think when we share historically all of these beliefs and we educate one another, we'll see that we really
1: don't have anything to fear, yeah. And, uh, but I like the idea of having tents in different places and then through publicity and media and just the regular awareness that people can go to a place to find out more, you know, to get informed what life is about, what spirit is about. And it comes back to that we are actually all one. Whatever I do, and I'm sure you're exactly feeling exactly the same way, Jim ever you work you feel this oneness with all and everything not just you and spirit but you feel one with the person you are working with that that always happens that's the most
0: beautiful part of it you can always see yourself and the other person you're you're exchanging your hearts when you get into a soul level so that your life and their life you share completely so that each one of you can have the opportunity to
1: transform and heal, and this is what it all is about—that you turn into one in that moment, and that is how healing can be happening with the person. So, um, uh, how can people find about your, find out about the project? Can you give us your website so they yes. can, uh, they can
0: go to click on it <laughs> and get in there and look for it. Yes, it's the tent, t-e-n-t project.
1: dot org. That's great. The, you know, when I looked it up the first time, I forgot the the t-h-e. But it's the tenth project. dot org. And then you will see wonderful information, and you will read about Joan, and uh, you will find out a little bit more how maybe you could help uh, yeah, to make this happen, because the idea is good, you know. And uh, it's so nice to see that the United Nations are going on this new road uh, to spirituality. And there are several groups at the UN. There is, of course, a praying group, a Pray for Peace group, and they are very active. They were the ones who set up the praying pole in the lobbies. But then there's also business and spirituality. I'm not sure that's the exact word for it, but there are some uh, people from Wall Street who have set up an organization for business and spirituality, and that they have found that after 9-11, the urge is there to become more spiritual. So many people change their attitudes and and awareness about all and everything, so that was necessary. And I belong to a group called Project Har- Harmony. And there are several of those growing up, and they do get the respect from the United Nations. I notice that they are very much part of the United Nations. And, of course, with everyone's uh, attention and support, that will grow. Mm-hmm. So, um, And let us talk about the 2012 Prophecy. Uh, since this ties in somewhat with your project. What, what What's so magical about that number, Joan? Well, this is uh, Edgar Cayce
0: had prophesied the end of times being 2012. Um, Nostradamus also had the prophecy, the, the
1: pyramids. Um, is, but did Nostradamus really say that year or did he not? I thought he went a little later. I... I
0: think it was, uh, are you talking about Nostradamus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yes, I think it was 2012. Um, but I could, I'll could. look it up.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but it, so, it's uh, all around the same time. It's yeah. all mm-hmm. around the um, biblical and apocalyptic endings of um, the Judean Christian teachings. It it all follows, all of these different um, end time beliefs are
1: all around that year. So what is happening in that end time uh, according to the prophecies? And how are we going to notice, except for right now we have been given this number? Well, I think you can notice that... Have the number came up?
0: Well, I... I think we first have to say it's not just going to happen on that date. It's already happening. Yeah. Um, the this prophecy has to do with our, um, astronomically, the Milky Way galaxy will be in the center of our universe here, and and we will have this unique opportunity um to then turn into another dimension. And they call it the fifth dimension.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, and they talk about the fifth root um, of people that are now uh, the children, the um, special children, the indigo children that we're raising. These are the children that are leading us into the new time and the yes, new dimension. there are so
1: many new children now who are a little bit different, and you can even see whether you read faces. Have you seen how indigo children are different from other children?
0: Well, I have two. I have two children, and indigo children are usually diagnosed as having um, different learning disabilities because they... Uh, because they're multidimensional and multitask, and they think differently, and they can't—they—they they can't really follow teachings in a linear system. Um, mm-hmm. They have been categorized. There's over a million children now that are diagnosed and put on different drugs to keep them sedate enough in order to educate them in the way that the uh, according had, to the old
1: system. Yeah, <laughs> according
0: to the old system. So mm-hmm. here we have these brilliantly gifted children who have all been suppressed. And um, fortunately, I've had firsthand experience with my own indigo children, and I never allowed them to be drugged. I have yeah. not participated in any of
1: the, Was that suggested um,
0: to you by your doctor that they were supposed to be drugged? The schools, um, the, the school system, uh, they're now in private schools, but in public school, I was under such pressure, my husband and I, to um, give them certain accommodations and to um, to get them on medications. And we went to neuropsychologists and had all kinds of um, conferences with the schools and special ed departments. And everyone was very adamant about uh, the fact that I, my husband and I were handicapping our children by not Giving them the drugs that they needed.
1: Yeah. I met the daughter, and she seemed perfectly okay now at this age. And it's, it's almost 19. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, was she, uh, did, did she have learning disabilities when she was young?
0: Yes, she was my child that was
1: considered the most
0: severely handicapped. They had told me that Kira would not be able to ever finish high school um, oh. because of her handicaps and that she would most certainly never go to a college. And now um, she
1: goes to college, doesn't she? She goes
0: to college. She yeah. finished high school. <laughs>
1: yeah. I went to, I went to um, honors awards for her in private school. At, at oh, that's college. wonderful. So what did you do instead of the drugs? I'm sure parents out there would like to know. Okay,
0: I, I did uh, I found special schools. I went to Montessori school. I, I found private schools when wherever we lived or wherever I could. I tried to find a school that was the most progressive and that had believed in other modalities of teaching and believed that students have different learning um, needs and were willing to help them uh, in different capacities. So yeah. I did have to find those schools. Um, Also, I took all the drugs out of our home. I um, see that the indigo children are very, very sensitive to any kind of drugs or chemicals in their foods. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, my daughter was allergic to everything that was chemicals. So uh, she was my greatest gift. Having an indigo child is... um, A phenomenal experience for a parent. That's how I learned everything that I have, because she made me go back, start at ground zero, and start my life over and do it holistically. And once I did that, um, she became healthy. But after I nursed her and I started to put her on regular foods with chemicals or any preservatives or anything like that she would have a horrible reaction or to any kind of medication yeah. um, so I, I took that all out of our life and started over and she would flourish and uh, and she became a very strong independent being within our household and um, really teaching. My husband and I a great deal, and we honored that because we could tell there was something very significant and special about her, and also our yeah. sons. And,
1: and so, so you gave them a well-balanced organic diet. Yes. Was it vegetarian, or was it? Uh, did it include meat and chicken?
0: It d- it does include meat and chicken. I like predominantly vegetarian, but my children really do like meat and poultry, so it's Mm -hmm. in their diet, but I just make sure that I buy it organic.
1: And uh, they stay away, of course, since they cannot handle uh, chemicals, I take it they stay away from all the sodas and Diet Cokes and everything else, too.
0: You know, that's also a great challenge, because children like to be like their friends. They like to fit in, and... um, and I had to do a compromise because at one point my daughter was, Mommy, you're a healthaholic, and, you know, this isn't normal. Uh, you know, So when she said that to me, I really had to consider that I don't want to be an extremist. I, I want to have balance. So when we would go shopping, I would say, whatever you can fit into the little the seat area. Um, okay. <laughs> that, you know, find some things that you like, and of course you can have some of the things that your friends have. But, you know, we have to do it in moderation, and and uh, there are boundaries. I think yes, we and that's to be, always you know, read the case. The labels. And, yeah.
1: yeah, moderation, moderation. But what about uh, milk and uh, dairy products? Could they eat that?
0: I buy it organic.
1: Um,
0: for many years, my daughter couldn't. She had lactose intolerance. So we did soy and other products. But now her system has, after she went through... Um, you know, taking her off of all of the products that were dangerous for her, and her system built up a lot of immunities uh, as she got older, and now she's able to
1: eat most anything. That's great. and the, Now we have to go back to the 2012. I can just hear how someone says, oh yeah, I want to know more.
0: So I will tell you that 2012 for me started, they say, 1987 and uh, the beginning of this new era. And mm-hmm. um, my daughter was born in 88. So I feel like I have been a part of this learning experience. And it's the age of consciousness. This is we are going we're living in an age of ethics right now where the truth is is be- being told where truth is of the utmost importance to live our life with conscience and to really see who am i why am i here it, to really be that human being that really lives with a conscience and cares not just about itself, but about the, its family and the brothers and sisters all over the world and yeah. the the world that we live in. This this very deep sensitivity to everyone and
1: everything around you. Like I, yes, I, this is uh, my, what we yeah sorry what we really have to be aware of. All this uh, that we should. Many people say we should love another, and that is such a complicated expression, you know. What does that mean to go and love each other? But I've noticed to understand and respect each other. If we replace the word for love each other, loving each other, to respect each other and understand each other, I think we'll get a little bit more into what it all is about, don't you think?
0: Yes, and I think actually... Um, relating to one another in a way where when you're dealing with another human being and you're having any kind of conflict, the most important thing is to look at their side, to not just see your side, but completely put yourself in their shoes. On the
1: other place, yes, and that's understanding. understanding. You know, I was in uh, Russia a lot uh, in the 90s, And that was about the time when they were getting liberated and there was not uh, the Soviet Union anymore, it became Russia. But so many people on each side, both in Russia and both in in America, had those misconceptions about each other. And the Russians came to America with bread in their bags, believing there was no food in America (laughs) and Mm -hmm. believing that everyone was shooting each other in the street in America. And the Americans, when they heard about Russia, thought that everyone was thrown in, in, in a prison camp for, for just singing, in this, you know, anywhere. So the misconceptions were terrible, and this is what we have to learn, you know, and that is a place, good place for your tents also, to be in places everywhere and where you can begin to understand each other, understand yourself, isn't that what it is about, and understand the world. Yes, having compassion and looking
0: into anyone's eyes without judgment, truly yeah. being a compassionate being so that you can help facilitate their growth and their healing, and it facilitates your own whenever you're that, that kind of being that just stands with another, just with a, being present, being completely there to hear them, to console them, to come up with ideas and show them a, a, a way to work out their problems, and. Well, to
1: feel the the the, the common denominator, like you, everyone loves their family, you know, to feel yeah. that everyone loves children, their children, and if we can find this thing about taking care of our children, that everyone looks in the, out for the interest of the children, like through your tent idea, that would be absolutely perfect to understand each other and to reach out. And if the children could mix, I know when I went to Russia, I gave scholarships uh, to Russian uh, children so they could come to America and study music and show the American children, you know, the Russian way of playing, and because it's a little different in uh, very old techniques in Russia, and how they mixed with the Americans here, and how they had such good times together, didn't understand each other really with the language, the, 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 the real language, you know, the English and the Russian, but through the language of music. They sat together and they played music, and they became such good friends, and they had that, understanding and that love for each other. Of course, those children would not say, oh, let's kill all Russians or let's kill all Americans, because they have already had a personal experience with each other. They have gone into the heart of each other, like you say.
0: That's the beauty of the Internet. This is something that happened to us, and this is also a part of the great earth change. Once we had that connection, that ability to communicate with our brothers and sisters all over the world, we, we started to expand our consciousness and our compassion for one another. So it's a great gift that we were able to have this opportunity for communication. Yeah. And that's what, a, that's the, what helped us uh, proceed into this new age.
1: It's yeah, What the is steps. the earth change that's happening now that is leading us toward 2012, do you feel?
0: Well, it's it's what's happening in the cosmos.
1: Yeah, What is? what are the changes that are happening? What is it that we have already begun to notice that something well, I think, is going I on? I think
0: that you've noticed that there's a lot of stress-related diseases because people don't have enough time to get everything that they need to do done. So you'll see that everywhere around the world people are very stressed out and they're feeling that there's are the time is not on their side. That they and um, so that that is one of the great things that's really influencing people. Yeah,
1: yeah. Cancer is, of course, is in my mind, and I think in your mind too. Cancer is very much a stress-related disease, isn't it?
0: Cancer is is truly uh, stress-related, and it's uh, about putting toxins into your body. Also, not. Not being conscious of what you're putting into yourself, how you're hurting yourself, how you're hurting others with choices you've made. Now people, you can't go into a restaurant in the United States anymore and smoke. It, it's unconscionable. You know, Our consciousness is rising. These are some of the, this is the evidence that we're changing because we're not, allowing ourselves to indulge in things that are destructive for us in the way that we used to be able to. We're not blind anymore. We're not in that fog. The fog is lifted, and our truth and our reality is right in front of our eyes now.
1: Yeah, we are allowed to be more aware of certain things. However, me growing up in an old society, you know, in Sweden, Sweden, where people were very aware of nature and they were terribly connected to nature and spoke to the le- little, little nature beings and so on. Uh, there, they had uh, a, a strong relationship with nature that I don't think we have now anymore. And also in countries like Finland, I find, for instance, and the Russians too, you know, they go out in nature and enjoy uh, nature. And I talk about not the governments, I talk about the people, the, right. the, the families, Uh, the mothers and the fathers and the children, and in Finland or in Norway, how they just love going out in nature and being in touch with nature and knowing more what is good for them to pick out in nature and to communicate with nature. And I'm saying this also, when you want to try to be in tune, yes, go and hug a tree. (laughs) It may sound a little weird, you know, you go out and hug a tree in the street here, but it does do something to you when you go out in nature and just connect and you can almost hear spirit talking to you.
0: so well, I call that grounding uh, a lot of times in my work with people with the workshops and with the physiognomy readings um, i I often see in people that they are not participating with nature anymore they're so busy they're so involved in their material lives and their familial lives, that they've forgotten that the, that they need balance and they need harmony with nature. And that is a very key uh, aspect of moving into the New Age is becoming very aware of your world. and mm-hmm. And that is one of the reasons why we have this opportunity to connect on the Internet, to really see what's happening around the world and to be the ones that that make the changes to improve our world, we have yeah. very little time between now and 2012 to heal our planet. But that is that's what we're supposed to be
1: doing. We're supposed to do be. Do you feel the hearts. governments are helping us, or do you feel there are organizations helping us to make this, uh, you know, to make our world improve and get you know, more I in harmony?
0: I feel that we we depend too much on governments, on doctors, on Things outside of us. Um, the work that I do, I talk about empowering yourself and putting the responsibility back on you, and realizing that we're very powerful, creative beings. And with our passion, and with our understanding, and with uh, with our great skills and creativity, we can make we can be the transformation. We can make things happen. That's why I say come join the tent. If you're a scientist, if you're an anthropologist, if you're a mother who believes in uh, children not doing drugs and and, uh, understanding that they're indigos and that we need to find a new way to educate these children, not to knock them down and suppress them, but to really create new schools and systems for them that they can really flourish and teach us what they came here to teach us, so that we can make a better world. I want, I want to know all those people who have great gifts and love and passion for saving our world, saving our children, and really making the difference as individuals together. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm looking for those people. And I'm finding them, and it's so exciting. Instead of being afraid of the new age, I see that, of course, we can make this an incredible shift of
1: consciousness together and, in a, as a humanity. Yeah. Do and you feel anything dramatic is going to happen to? our planet or our to Dramatic our things
0: have been happening.
1: Yes, but like dramatic, you know, let's say, a uh, uh, cosmic collet- collision or, or something like this, uh, just because some people are really scared that something is going to happen to their world. That well, I, say, I would never teach fear because
0: with love and, uh, and, and the positive aspects that I see Creator is giving us now, all the tools, to transform, I see we already are transforming. We're no longer the third-dimensional being that takes everything at face value and lets uh, rulers around the planet make our decisions for us. No, we've, we're becoming very conscious beings, and we're, we are transforming and making the change. We are being the change that we need.
1: Yeah, we are so, the change. <laughs> so we,
0: we, this is already happening. I have great yeah. faith. In mankind, I see that there are more books out there now than there ever were, and people with positive uh, things to say to inspire others, to awaken, and to heed the call.
1: Who are you? Why are you here in this yes, unique and this time? is, you know, that particular title I've been using for a few years now as a lec- lecture title, and mm-hmm. now I have a book title also. Who? Who am I? Where am I going? People really want to know, who am I? And they want to know about it, about their dimen- dimensions. And they want to know how to connect with spirit. They want to know what spirit is. They want to know about God. Right. The curiosity is out there and it's being answered in a way it has never been before, the way we know history. Right.
0: This is about activation. You know, this is... These kind of conversations are about somebody listening and and feeling. Oh my goodness, you know this this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I really don't have to accept things the way they are. Th- things that are not working in my life, I really can be the the greatest advocate of change, and I can. Work with other people. I can find those other people that can help me and help others in a similar situation, whether it's that you've gone through a hurricane or whether you've been in a tsunami. No matter what it is, there is someone and and there are groups of people that can come and help and transform what was once ravaged and, and make it new and whole again. We're all here, just waiting to be called <laughs> yeah. into action.
1: We just need to heed and hear each other's call. You know, when I look into you know, I see demen- when I look into people and see their dimensions and I see past lifetimes, and I see how way, way, way back, and I talk way, way, way back, we have gone through uh, this big transition before on this planet. Yes. And uh, we all know about Atlantis, but I'm talking about even before that, that we've gone through incredible transitions and that those spirits, or those, uh, yeah, can I say the energy of that is living here right now among us. And I sometimes see those dimensions kind of hitting our dimension here, and, and it's very, very interesting what once you go into this big subject. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's very very large subject, and, uh, but I feel this about uh, when I, st- I remember I stood in uh, it, on an island in, Med- in the Mediterranean where I have a home and looked out and suddenly, you know, it's like I've seen everything before and I said, all this has been here before, you know, before they started to build up the way it looks now. It's been here before in a different dimension with different uh, so-called beings, and it's it's just like we are all the time renewing ourselves, it's coming back and coming back and coming back. Yes, I know
0: in a session that I had with you just yesterday, and when you were channeling, you were telling me, Joan, don't forget that everything you're doing is also about the earth, and what we do for the earth right now is... Is so important, and if we don't take care of it, it won't be here. It, it, we won't be here to, any longer. No. If we don't support what the earth needs, we won't be here, but the earth will be here.
1: This is and it, it. and uh, we account. really have to watch out for that because uh, uh, it, it's like uh, there is an old saying in Swedish that my grandmother used to say, Männi fan spår och gud roar man predicts and god rules <laughs> it doesn't rhyme in english but this is the whole point you know we are not the masters the way we believe that we can rule over nature
0: we have to work with nature we have, we to, have work to work with in nature. in collaboration and creatively and with love and when we do this all things are possible it, it this is what we need to understand we must not be destroyers we must really and truly embrace our rainforest. We must truly understand the paper that, that we are using and, and how, we, how we got it and how to keep what we have and not just suck it all up and, and
1: yeah. think that it's ever it, it's an endless supply It's, it's uh, "Are you there?" You said your phone might switch off. It's not well charged. And uh, it seems you will be calling back maybe on your cell phone. But uh, this is so much what I've been talking about also about the earth. And, Joan, when you come back, please holler. (laughs) But uh, we need to take care of our world of our planet. And I've been given those uh, channeled messages that the more we cut out of nature, the more we cut down the rainforest, the more we cut down our forests, the more the, the planet would lose its balance and it will topple over and we will not be able to continue living, then the speed of the rotation of the Earth would stop uh, or it will increase. And then as time goes faster, you know, that will be the end of the life we know uh, or have known here on this planet So we have had uh, a a situation for a long time that those who would like to make good living and make money and so on, they have not respected the planet well enough. And I'm so much for that we should begin to take care of the planet and not to cut out every tree we see because we want to build up and how we could actually limit the cutting down of rainforest. And please, those who hear us, Be active on that. So uh, as Joan now, I hope she's coming back as she's trying to get back on, I hope, because she said her phone was new and it had not charged long enough. The way I'm feeling about 2012 myself and the way I'm answering people is that we cannot predict God. We cannot predict what nature is going to do to us. So I'm taking this very much in stride, but you know all calendars and this is the May, mayan calendar that has come to an end or is coming to an end in 4 years it does not mean because that calendar is over that it needs to uh, that we are coming to an end but it needs to be that we must come to an end in this consciousness that is very good for us if we can begin to to change our awareness and be more in tune with spirit, the way we were really ages ago before we had come into this incredible good standard of living. It's, uh, you know, we all get comfortable and we all want to have electricity and I think we should, you know. We should just be able to handle it a little bit more. And I know when people use up water, water can be very, you know, rare if we start to abuse the water like we do. And uh, like when I wash my hands and I turn up the faucet, turn on the tap or the faucet, and uh, I start to let the water run, I stop it, and then I soak my hands with water, and then I turn on the water again to rinse it off. That way, I have saved several pints of water that otherwise would just gone to waste. Joan, are you there? No, she's not there. I still hope she will be back because I would like to go into her face readings a little bit more. So uh, I hope she has the number. She hasn't lost the number to call back. So, But Joan also is a remarkable person. As a person, she was, um, what do you call it, fireman or firewoman in New York. She's gorgeous. Otherwise, she was a fashion model. She has been in several movies. She's been... Uh, in several commercials and she has now devoted her life to go into healing the planet and i feel this is a very good example that we all should follow one way or the other we are now coming to the end and we are going to do our healing meditation if joan is not able to come back with us i thank you so very much joan and her email or her um, website is thetenthproject.org and uh, this is a project that she is doing with the united nations and we will need support for that so i uh, thank you joan and we are now going to begin to to go into i cannot get to the switchboard here uh, on my Computer, I do not know why that is so. Something must have gone wrong with the system. So we will just keep on talking and i see if I can get back here to where we were before. And so you can begin to relax now and put everything away that you were doing and take a deep breath and know that within you there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that is like the mantra that I always say in the beginning of a so-called meditation. But this is not the meditation. This is a transformational uh, meditation, if I could put it that way. And that you, through doing this, that you will begin to access the truth of the one that you are, And you begin to relax now and relax and relax. And you know that within you there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that is the higher self, that is the light within you, that is the truth of the one that you are. And you are so relaxed now, so relaxed. So very, very relaxed. And you're letting go and you're letting go. And you take a deep breath and you go deeper and deeper and deeper within you. And if you now have a place within your body or on your body that needs special attention, you begin to feel that the light from above It's now coming down over you and it's entering your body. And now it's entering that place where you have your particular situation. And I'm brushing off anything that was. And you say, clear, clear, we whisper, clear, clear. And you are so relaxed so very, very relaxed and you are letting go and you are letting go of all the old and now you imagine yourself in a beautiful garden yes, you imagine yourself in a beautiful garden and that garden is full of beautiful flowers all around you you are Full of light. Everything is shining bright light around you and within you. And you are so relaxed now. So very, very relaxed. And you are letting go. You are letting go all about the old. And now you are so with ease. So very, very much it is. And you are letting go more and more and more. And you feel so good about you. And now on the count of seven, you will begin to relax. One, two, three, four. And you love that light within you. Yes, you love the light. You love you. And you love the world. Number five, number six, number seven. You open your eyes again, and you take a deep breath, and you feel wide awake. And Joan, are you there? I'm here. How long have you been on? Because my switchboard came off, and it wouldn't connect, and I couldn't get back to the code. But now you're there. I've been on for a
0: while, but oh, I think you, you have. I'm here. Okay,
1: so you are. And now, please talk about your face readings.
0: Oh, well, that's something that I really love to do. It's the greatest way to see what's happening inside someone's soul. It's a perfect reflection. So when you're in balance, it shows, and when you're out of balance, it's an incredible tool for healing. So I I love to um, look at someone's face and, and explain to them what's happening in their life because it's all... In a reflection of what your face, what your features, are saying.
1: So, has it got anything to do with people if they're beautiful or if they're not so beautiful? Well, you
0: know that
1: question. But uh, does that play any role in this?
0: Well, I think beauty is very subjective. I, I, I look at most everyone I see. When I look into their face, I see their beauty. And I see their heart and their soul. It's, when someone opens up to you, you just see them in a, in a very magnificent way when they share themselves with you.
1: That's beautiful. <laughs> so, I love that. So you know, I, I do. Think, yeah, I do the same thing, but I do with the whole body and the whole energy field. But you see that actually in people's face. I see it in their face, and
0: I, I also see it in their body language. I'm very sensitive to how the body, the face, talks because we we have a silent language that is our body's language that is a magnificent way of projecting our feelings and thoughts also,
1: not just our words. Yeah. You know, I don't always hear people's words. I'm just hearing what they're thinking or what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Do you have that too? People tell you things or not in the process of being healed or or whatever, but otherwise, you know, parties. People tell me things that I don't hear what they are saying because their thoughts are so strong. (laughs) I
0: I don't know. I, I, I love tuning in. Like, that's my greatest pleasure, is tuning into what anyone is trying to communicate with me. I love the moment to be in a moment with someone new and just really... See where it's where it's going to lead to. Yeah, Can without you, any kind of judgment. Or I I yeah. really have that belief where just keep the slate clean between everyone. Even if you hear things and you know gossip and things like that, I like to erase the slate and just be in the moment because everyone should be given the freedom to be who they who they're destined to be, and that means they can make great change and become that person that they that they came here to experience. And so I don't like to hold anyone's mistakes or reputation on against them.
1: And that's so wonderful. And you know, we should all listen to that because it's so easy to, to just catch on on something you hear and then let it be known to everyone, and you don't even know if it's true, and all that is energy, of course, that you are sending out.
0: Right. So, I, so I, when I, when, okay.
1: when people come to you and ask them and ask you, uh, you know, I have cancer, can you heal me? What do you say? Well, I I normally say, to, first of all, I
0: like uh, to tell everyone, please don't tell me anything. Let me just. Be in the moment and see what is revealed to us. So I allow the spirit to move through and give the the uh, the healing and the right words that are appropriate in that moment. So if somebody's caught up telling me what happened in the past, that really doesn't exist anymore.
1: No, it doesn't matter what that ha- you so know. It's I've, like when you go to a doctor, they tell they want to know the past, and that doesn't. That bothers me to hear that. It just stops the process, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: I, I love to keep it right in the moment, and, and, and that's where I start. And, yeah. uh, and, and then things are revealed. That's uh, as someone gets comfortable, more and more comfortable, their face, their body, just starts opening up and talking to me. And through little twitches, through little expressions, through all kinds of Features coming out more prominently, um, I'll have visions, maybe if someone was in an accident, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be able to see through the way they walk, uh, how, where they had the accident, what it was, where they're stuck. And you and see that in the face? I can see it in the whole body. I don't just see oh, it in okay. the face. I start with the face. Sometimes I don't even need to do the face at all I never know how I don't have that's one thing that I do in workshops uh, because I I love how close um, people become when they are a part of each other's face readings it's just an incredible tool of bonding and sharing and communicating uh, the soul's needs and wishes for healing so it's a beautiful experience in a healing session but I don't always do it. I never quite know how I will be given an opportunity to work with spirit. It's it's always different,
1: unless Digital. I
0: choose to do the face reading as that yeah. modality.
1: Uh, I was wondering, does it mean anything if a person has a round face or a long, narrow face, or (laughs) if their lips go upwards and their lips go downwards? What what does this matter? We have two minutes left. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, yes, and
0: without teaching face reading, yes, all of those things. For instance, if somebody's lips are angled downward, it has to do with sadness in their uh, predominance of sadness. You know, when the lips are angled upward, they they look at things more optimistically and in a, in a happier way. Of course, you know, there are some um, features. You know, a very large eye that is the very round and coming out is mm-hmm. an eye that loves to embrace people and bring them in, and the eye that's smaller and recessed back in is someone who is not comfortable with
1: people getting too close, you know. Yes, that uh-huh. those things exist. Yeah, that's interesting. So you can that's what that's what everyone can learn, but you do this intuitively of course. And what is that called when you read faces? Physiogamy. That's great. That's a great word and I wrote it on the website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not not the word I'm so familiar with. But uh, Carl Jung or Carl Jung, you say in English, who was a student of Sigmund Freud, he he made a, a whole he wrote a whole work on face reading and uh, you know what that meant of the square faces and men's faces and women's faces and so on.
0: It's a beautiful it's way wonderful. to understand because it physiognomy means interpreting the face in order to learn about the inner person.
1: Uh-huh, uh, that's great. Of course, Carl Jung, yeah. that was his joy. He, that was what he was doing. So Okay, Joan, fun. I would like to thank you so very much for being with me today. That was beautiful. I'd like to, if we could do it again, would be nice. So thank Helena. you so much, Joan. It was wonderful to have you with me. Hope to see you soon, and good luck with your project. Oh,
0: thank you, Helena. It was a, a really a joy to speak with you. And and to speak with the world,
1: God bless you all. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Joan. And come back next Tuesday. We will have a new guest coming. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.